Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change. Okay, Luz, uh, are you ready to take on this challenge? And we'll hop in the DeLorean, fire up the flux capacitor, and head back to 1978. We'll take over Casablanca Records for a little bit and uh, see if we can't convince these four crazy kids to just make one record.
Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, along with the enigmatic Baco. How are you, sir? I am well, Luce. How are you? Well, I am, uh, I'm confused. I'm perplexed. I'm curious. You know, I did your intro as the enigmatic Baco because you're a bit of a mystery. We're, we're doing an episode which I know pretty much nothing about, which is not, not the case. Usually I pull you in sometimes without you knowing mm-hmm. much, but... Uh, I'm I'm excited to have you take the reins and uh, take me on the the adventure here. So why don't you break it down? It's your app. Well, I am I am really really been looking forward to this uh, uh, episode. And um, well, let's just jump into it. Are you, are you ready? Uh, please. Are you ready what, to hear? Yeah. What are we doing? All right. Well, this is for 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 you and anybody listening. This is the first of what will be a five part breakdown on the Jay Ferguson song. Thunder Island. <laughs> Today, today's topic is where were you when you first heard uh, Thunder Island? <laughs> I don't even know what it is, so I don't know. You don't know fucking Thunder Island? I mean, you've been to a grocery store in the last thirty years. I assume you must have heard it on music somewhere. Somehow, there's certain things. baby. Listen, no, you. Never saw Temple of Doom. I never heard Thunder. We, we have a lot of disconnects in our relationship. Yeah, apparently. All right. Well, no, what we're really going to do is kind of like, um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was just a joke, Luce. Oh, okay. So that's not what we're doing. Uh, no. Um, what we are going to do is kind of like we, uh, we did with uh, Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 and broke it down to where you, where you forced me to pick 12 songs to make one record. We're going to do the same thing with the 1978 Kiss solo albums. They were uh, released in September, well, of, like I said, 1978. And we're going to take them and we're going to basically treat them like demos. And, and we're, like a, we're going to be like a, a producer team. And we're going to craft the album using the tracks that they submitted. Ah, okay. And uh, just for the record, anybody that wants to, you can go back to the tape. Uh, there was no forcing upon any... Any uh, <laughs> any songs we we debated and we came down to twelve tracks that we agreed upon. But you find that different from your recollection? Yeah, and I actually have listened to the tapes, and I still think it's that way. Uh, I, I think you're kind of like you know you, you've nodded this in your part of your brain. <laughs> well, okay. How, um, well, how about this then? Um, you're going to break it down more, or because I did have a question about how this is going to work, but please explain. Well, I, I will get to the rules and parameters, but because um, uh, I did actually outline an actual process that we will stick to. Sure. Of course, knowing us, we won't, but um, <laughs> we always try. These four records were the first new music released by Kiss after I became a fan, so it was ah. kind of a, you know... Uh, I thought it was a, Dynasty a, a, for some reason for me. That was the first Well, album. Dynasty... A Kiss Alive 2 was the first, it had just come out, and that was the first one that I ever heard. Got it. And then it was these solo albums. Now, I got Paul's first, then Ace, then Gene. I never bought Peter's until, um, oh, I, I don't think I owned it until I got it on CD. I'm not positive. I may have had the cassette at one point. But um, I was my, you know, even at the, the ripe old age of seven, I was not shocked by Peter's record. <laughs> it seemed like everybody was like, yeah, it seemed like Peter did exactly what he thought. But anyway, um, so general thoughts on them? Do you you like them? Uh, how would you rank them? That kind of thing. I'll tell you what. I, I we're doing what a ten track album. 
Is that correct? Or how many tracks? We'll get there. I got a whole oh. breakdown on that. All right, fine. Uh, I think that as a whole, you can take songs from these and and build a, an excellent Kiss album. That's that's how I. But I, as you as they are though, what's your basic impressions? Is what I'm getting at. Uh, like I mean, most as a whole, I, I think it's a fucking mess. I think what it is 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 that it's a ton. Just just that the record company is out of control. Everybody's ego mm-hmm. ego is at you know. 100% and they just blast out they actually think that they can put four albums out and they think that they can come up with material after you know touring incessantly and everything like that and for it to 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 hit and I think it's summarized best with that these were shipped platinum and returned double platinum right <laughs> I mean that was the whole thing is that they had you could find it was these a different at, time uh, on at the how the record industry you know did this you know cataloging of of, of, of Keeping track of sales, I should right. say. As a whole, I think it's it, my opinion is that it was uh, one of the main things that kept that brought everything down. And I don't think the the myth that we've been told about that everybody need to spread their creative bat wings or whatever and and to do these albums. No, I was just was put out some product. Well, I thought it was more along the lines of um, Ace and Peter were just kind of getting sick of being in Kiss, especially when. You know they're they're shooting Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, and they're also probably leaning towards the peak of their addiction, and they'd really like to just spend their money on drugs and not have to do all this dumb stuff. And this was a way to kind of uh, appease them. Um, and, and true or not, it, it didn't. It did the opposite. If anything, it, it made the divide between Gene and Paul and Ace and Peter wider. Um, I mean, first of all, you got four very um, thin-skinned egos. Uh, looking at the charts every day, seeing who's doing better. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden Peter Chris has to face, you know, is having a hard time continuing to convince him, even himself how much more important he is to the band than he thinks, looking at, you know, how his is the least selling of the group. And, you know, and then, of course, the uh, the horrible uh, reaction that Gene and Paul had to have with Ace having the only hit out of any of them, um, and yeah. frankly, one of the bigger hits in Kiss's catalog, so it, it it just it drove a bigger divide between everybody than I think was intended by the the people behind the scenes. But we're talking about a record label that really didn't know how to foster talent. I I do think if Kiss would have been on an Atlantic or a Warner Brothers or a Columbia, and being de- it depend it all depends on timing too, because those things those companies go through turmoil too, but. Casablanca, you know, and Neil Bogart was about, you know, make the money quick, get as much as you can out, find something new and move on. And that, that was the whole thing is that they, you, you hear a lot of times that the reason they kept putting out an album over six months, uh, six months was the fact that when you had new product in the store, you had to keep the back catalog. You've heard that mm-hmm. before, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's, you're like, oh, well, you got a new album out. You got to keep these. You can't send them back. Like you said, it was different time for the history and and i just think that this there's a there's a reason why this that that a band has never put out four <laughs> solo albums on the same day or ever in their history like all at once or in the same year before or after and that's because it's a bad idea overall so i'll agree that it's a bad idea frankly i love the concept though i think it, i thought it was cool at the time i still think it's kind of cool uh, that doesn't mean it was a good idea you know? right right no <laughs> um, i mean 
And I, mean, I, and I think um, the, the material is actually surprisingly strong uh, on all the records. Peter's is, is just its own anomaly, but as far as what Peter really wanted to do outside of Kiss, I thought it was the, the best thing he's done. You know, you know, since that time too. Well, uh, there's, I mean, he's he's tried to dally back into rock a couple times, but that's just not who he is. He is tr- more of a, you know, Rod Stewart soft rocker. Now he's not as good, and he's also got his own, you know, I don't know, musical limitations. But it, I think, for what it is, it's a solid record. It, it as a Kiss fan, you're probably gonna hate it because it's not Kiss, you know, and. Well, it's more like what your parents would be listening to. Fair enough. All right, are you so you ready to get into it? I am. I'm still confused a little bit if we're ending up with ten tracks or not. But go ahead. Well, now when I've when I've seen other people do this, whether like in a Kiss chat room or something, like Kiss facts or something, typically what people focus on is to do like an equal portion of each person's record, almost like a best of solo thing, but pick their three favorite songs. And that's not really how albums are. So nope. I, I actually I, I broke things down a little bit. Um, on on the this would have been Kiss's seventh studio album, and of the six prior, all of them but one had ten songs and one had nine, which gives us an average of nine point eight three songs per record. <laughs> you really? So we're gonna go with it. ten. We're gonna go with ten to answer your question from a little bit ago. Okay. Uh, and a couple of things to consider too. Um, uh, when it, you know, I, we're gonna look at this as a side one and a side two also because this is still vinyl era, so we're gonna. We're going to, you know, because that did affect how sequencing was done at the time. And keep in mind that um, of the studio records released to that, Paul had the lead, lead track on all of them. Yep. And if, and if you want to go historically, he is uh, the lead track on all but two records. Yep. Revenge and uh, um, Carnival of Souls. Yep. That's it. And then if you want to stretch it further on the live records, he gets seven of eight opening tracks. And on the compilations, a uh, solid eight of ten. So we know one thing: Paul Stanley really likes the opening song. So. <laughs>
Okay, Luz, uh, are you ready to take on this challenge? And we'll hop in the DeLorean, fire up the flux capacitor, and head back to 1978. We'll take over Casablanca Records for a little bit and uh, see if we can't convince these four crazy kids to just make one record. So we're basically going to go back to Casablanca, sit in a room, go through all the demos, and then and then what? Snort cocaine. <laughs> Besides that. But we're going to... So okay, gonna go we'll, through go all through, the... we'll go through each record, and we'll, we'll kind of pick the, the hits and misses, and then we'll have that list to kind of narrow down to one 10-track record. I see. This is very high concept. I like it. Whoever came up with this, this idea is a genius. So let's um, let's do this. Go. Take me there. Hey, Mr. Cannon. My name is Baco, but you can call me Groovy. Uh, nice hey. to meet you. Great meeting you, too. I love the fro. I like the... Uh, I noticed when you, you move, you, 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 your bell bottoms just kind of swing left and right. I like your style, kid. I like your style. <laughs> you're, you're a smooth cat. So what, what are we doing here today? Well, we got some uh, demos submitted by these Gaz Kiss, and uh, we're going to go through uh, each member's submissions. And uh, we'll start off with this, uh, this Peter Chris cat. So when do we get to to drop these stupid voices? I don't know. Let's just stop right now. I couldn't keep it up too much. Oh longer. my good god! I think people would just bomb off of that podcast anyway. But all right. So hey, so <laughs> so this uh, this this first one, I I, I was assigned I, this. They sent all these these tapes over to my my apartment. I I got them all. I went through them. Which ones do you want to go through first? Uh, let's do Peter Chris meow. The cat man? Yep, let's do it right meow. Are you saying meow? Why would I be saying meow? I don't know. Um, or anyway, so you want to do Peter Chris first? Yeah, right now. Right meow. So, all right, I'll just go down the, the tracks and everything, and you, <laughs> you, we'll just discuss them. You ready? Yep. I'm going to love you. Nope. You matter to me. Nope. Tossing and turning? No. Don't let me... No. Da- That's the kind of sugar pop... No. Easy thing? No. No. Rock me, babe. <laughs> kiss the girl goodbye? No. Not even with the kiss logo. <laughs> Hooked on rock and roll? No. I can't stop the rain? Mm, no. <laughs> okay. That one's done. We've only got three more albums to go. This is going really well. Now, what's, what's <laughs> I don't know about that. We'd, so what they the all ass- go like that. <laughs> what was the assignment again? we got to cut this down to how many? 10 and uh the first 10 have already been are in, we have 39 tracks to get down to 10 and we now have 29 tracks to get down to 10 Excellent. this is gonna be very that i can't believe they're just are they paying you only in cocaine or is that just me no i mean well i i, I think they offered me some quaaludes but i don't know that shit's whack fair enough so what do you want to do which which album do you want to do next uh let's do paul
I've got it here in front of me now. And this is the, um, what is he, the Star Ranger? What What is his name? Star Child. Star Child, okay. okay. Sully would say Star Child. What do you think of it? Well, I liked it. Uh, I, I thought it was, again, I, the, I, I like the, the next three pretty close to each other. Jeans is probably the third, but of, 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 the, of the submissions here, I, I, I like Paul's probably the, a little bit better than than aces it's pretty close though okay okay and um what do you think about this uh this bob kulik character on guitar it's pretty good <laughs> yeah whatever uh You're not bad I he's got good. i don't know if he's gonna be able to fit into the band if if the ace ever leaves but maybe his brother well he's not yeah maybe his brother his brother has hair uh <laughs> on the bob kulik note i, I think that's interesting you bring that up I do think they dodged a bullet listening to his guitar player playing on here. He's a decent guitar player, but he, he very, I don't know, soulless is the right word. He sounds Absolutely. like a, Absolutely. sounds like a seventies studio musician where, you know, Ace sounds like Ace. And, anyway, I think we just time traveled out of our characters, but continue. Yeah. Um, well, I think people can keep up. <laughs> well, uh, what do we, uh, we're going to go into this and um, tonight you belong to me is a pretty good opening track. I saw Paul uh, play it in the future. <laughs> you know, let's get rid of this concept a little bit. So the idea yeah. is that we're we're going through these these tracks and we're going to make one great Kiss album. So let's just go. And not only that, but we traveled back in time, so we still had our future experiences with us. We did. Uh, we did. It's it's starting to make my head hurt. But continue. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I love the song. You? I like it. It's not my my favorite on the album. And I do see that it's a great opener. So definitely this would be in the mix if we're going to put it, put it uh, you know, if we're going to start debating it. 100%. All right, that, one's, that one goes in the pile. Absolutely. Yeah. And do anything else you want to say about the song itself? Just that it's a kick-ass opening song. And, um, you know, it's maybe a, a the next level of I Want You, sort of. Like yeah, this, very this much. I, I, I've made that same comparison. Um, yeah, it, it very ties into that kind of songwriting, and I don't know. It's a, you can kind of see Paul. You know, this is probably the last push that he had as a songwriter, where he was still a little true to himself, where he uh, or stuck to that anyway. I mean, after this, things get a little, you know, more formulaic and kind of following trends. And vocals on all these tracks, whether I like them or not great correct oh yeah amazing um god it, i don't want to get into ranking his vocals on stuff i love i think i think he peaked on a live but there god he's been such a good singer for such a, such a long time so next we got to let's move on to the next one which is move on mm-hmm. love the song too as do i i think it's a uh, great one-two punch you know what i mean and this is one actually um that that I thought when we were talking off mic that this is the one you were, that you were going to pick, um, which you're not, and I'm not going to reveal what that is at all. But this one I could I could see possibly Peter Chris singing. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay, so that's the one I thought you were going to pick. But but yeah, move on. But by the way, if anybody out there, you must listen to it's a it's a mini sode on the the podcast Pods and Sods where they break down certain kiss songs to a granular level and this one is 15 to 20 minutes long and it's hilarious they're talking about they, <laughs> they talk about the lyrics here where we're basically they take it line by line about and i cannot even do it any justice but basically the point is is that 
you know, Paul has a mom who's basically saying, what are you doing? Just fuck keep, a lot of chicks. Fuck a lot of chicks and move on. You know what I mean? And they keep going from there. And these guys do it better than better than anybody I've heard. So, uh, but it's a funny ass. It was a great time it. in rock and roll lyrics, the 70s and, yes. and 80s, where certain areas were gray. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, so move on. Tonight you belong to me. Definitely in there. Uh, what's next, sir? Well, now we kind of take a bit of a turn for, you know, anything. Kiss related and even Paul's songwriting style. A song called "Ain't Quite Ain't Quite Right," "Ain't Quiet Riot." Um, <laughs> it ain't quite right. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, it's uh, definitely a little lighter song, and it's a okay, it's again, okay song. It's all right. I dig it. I actually really like it a lot. But yeah, it's it's it it's not going to make the 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 list of songs going on at Kiss out. Right. One word. But it's not uh, it's not a big uh, you know big. Shit sandwich or anything like that. It just happens to be not in the right vibe. Gave me good love. <laughs> gave me so much good love. So yeah, so so when I I, I heard this on my Paul Stanley impression, by the way. Yeah, work on it. Really give me so much good love. But then moving past that, right. the next one. Da na 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 na. Come on. Yeah. Wouldn't you, like, you to know like, me? like to know me? Yeah. Fuck yeah. The only thing I got, the only problem I have with this song is that, you know, what what's up with no question mark at the end of it? You know, the CD has it. Does it? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. Interesting. I don't think it's on the vinyl, though. Okay, okay. Well, because Ace has no problem with the question mark, is my point on, on, on uh, let me think. Oh, a- is. Ace is all about uh, punctuation. Punctuation marks. <laughs> Anyway, uh, like to know me, and this is what I'm saying. Between tonight, you belong to me. I see "Move On" is a little different, but it's a kick-ass song. It can still fit in a Kiss album. Wouldn't you like to know me? I mean, come on. It's it's it could these songs should be played. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Paul, his natural style of writing is Kiss.
Yeah, that's why this, these sound like Kiss songs, except, you know, mm-hmm. so the, the, the three out of the four we just mentioned could be on a Kiss album. Yeah, that one made uh, my list, too. Let's put it in a pile. Done. Then we kind of get a little cool with a almost a Zeppelin-y kind of thing. Take Me Away Together is one, but, um, well, I'll just say right now it's not making my final cut, but I like the song. You? I do not. I don't think I... Uh, this one... And there's one other one. No, actually, it's it's, it's decent. It's I don't Yesterday, hate it. Yesterday, far away, <laughs> take me out to sea. <laughs> yeah, take me away together as one. I I don't love it, but it's okay. I don't think it's it's right for the album, like you said. Correct? Yeah. Oh, definitely not. No, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe Paul could put this on a solo album sometime. <laughs> <laughs> But but I gotta tell you, that one's all right. But it's all right is top notch. Yeah, and that, by the way, a great opener for a second side of a record. Oh, too. absolutely, one hundred percent. That that's a great side too, and that's the one that instantly um, the first time I, I probably heard this album, I went back to a lot. Uh, that and move on jumped out the most to me. The first yeah, time I think I I'm like at the first spin with little seven year old Baco with his uh, turntable that every record skipped on. Um, those were probably the ones that jumped out the most. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I, well, I there's a couple coming up here too, but, um, this, the, the beginning chords on this one are just so big. It has a almost, it, it seems like, you know, there's a little bit of a cheap trick influence to it, but it still has that straight up, you know, kiss rocker and yep. just a great fucking tune. Yeah. And again, he's, he's, he's letting a, a lady know if he just wants to, you know, blow him and go, it's all right. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, all right. he seems to be on a theme here. He's like, you know, tonight you belong to me. Is like, yeah, you might be, be we might be breaking up, but tonight I'm fucking you. Move tonight on is like, I'm going to fuck you, and then tomorrow I'm fucking somebody else. You ain't, ain't quite you right. Ain't, is, ain't quite right, I so I got to go. <laughs> I fucked you, and it ain't quite right. Wouldn't you like to know me? Is like, wouldn't you like to fuck me? Take me yes. away together as one. They're going to go fuck. <laughs> and it's all right. Yeah. But this one, though, at least for the first time, he's saying, it's all right if you want to fuck me, but it's also okay if you don't. So, yes, but at least this, this is the first point where he's like, at least leaving the possibility that fucking Paul Stanley <laughs> isn't going to happen. Yes, but at least he's not comparing his uh, dick to a font like on Read My Body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such a good song. Why didn't we should? Can we go back in time, grab that, bring it back, and <laughs> put it on play, here, and shit can on this Paul one too? <laughs> and say, uh, "What? And don't write this song." <laughs> it's, exactly. He's like, is big enough. <laughs> oh my god! He would be like nineteen seventy-eight. Paul would be like, "There's no fucking way I wrote that song." <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, man. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that because that's funny enough. Listen. Um, the next two tracks, though, are when I want to make jump out a window and make sure that I'm uh, at least on the fourth floor to make sure I go down. Baby, I, won't you touch? Yeah, hold me, touch me is really bad. Really bad, and you can go into how bad it is, but I'll go into how why I, I hate Love and Chains in a moment. Uh, hold, I don't know. I got nothing more to add. I mean, hold me, touch me. It's just like God. It. I, I, <sighs> You can fucking put that song on a hamburger and it would it wouldn't be it'd be 
well, it's cheesy is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, I don't know where I was going with it. You can make a juicy Lucy with that song. Hey. Yeah. All right, so Love and Chains, what do you got? I don't mind the song. Why do you hate it so much? Love and Chains. Dun, dun, dun. Is the last it does have that ace song. really songwriting style it's to it. It's really it? fucking boring. Like, it starts off, it's going to be okay, and it, but the, the worst thing about it is the chorus. Just over and over. It's just like, it's three minutes, but it seems like it goes on for five or six. It's that really, that it's a super annoying song. So uh, it's not going to make right. my list, but if you're going to fight for it, just give me your argument and we'll continue. Um, I'm just going to say this. It, it, it makes my initial cut. I'm not going to get down to the the, the, uh, the 10 tracks, but as far as songs I considered, I, I left it in. Really? Over? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, Been and, a gambler, but I'm not your fool. <laughs> All but right. Next- which brings us to the last song, Goodbye. I think this is a great song. It's spectacular spectacular if this was an ep i would it would be tonight you belong to me move on it's all right and goodbye for me those yeah those are the and four that's... best songs on there oh wait 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 wait. What, hold on i actually would go move on wouldn't you like to know me it's all right and goodbye those are my four favorite um yeah and also it's uh paul basically saying goodbye to all these girls that he fucked except for the one who may have not fucked <laughs> with it's all right so. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even touch. Hold me, touch me. That's um. He's like, now we're gonna have some serious fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and love and change is the bondage. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh he's all. But over even the even he's bored with it. That's where he just leaves her tied up and is like, love and chains. It's so bad. So and you bad. can't be surprised that he says goodbye at the end because uh, he predicted he said it right out in track two. You know, his mama sat him on her knee and said. You got to bang a lot of chicks, so that's right. But you he, know what he, you're you know what you're getting into when you're fucking Paul Stanley.
We're done, right? We're on to the next question. <laughs> yes. Next. Okay. So we. So to to summarize, though, we have tonight. You belong to me. Move on. Wouldn't you like to know me? It's all right. Love and chains and goodbye. So we have mm-hmm. five. I got six. Six. You, you, you said them all, though. No. Tonight, tonight, move on. Wouldn't you like to know me? It's all right. Goodbye and love and chains. Okay. So you have. Okay. So you have. You do have six. So we're six out of the ten tracks are going to be Paul Stanley yeah. tracks. No, those are the six tracks that I've considered for okay, inclusion. Okay. Good. Let's continue. What's the next album you'd like to tackle? The Gene you know, or the Ace? I think man, we know Gene. You do? Okay. Well, it's, it's up to you. You're, you're in control. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter on this part. Um, yeah, let's do Gene. That's fine. I think it's probably going to be the funnier of the two. That's what I think so, too. <laughs> That's my point. Let me see here. Uh, I got to tell you, when I, when I got these tapes sent over to my apartment... Uh, to go back into this really weak, high-concept idea. The... Reel-to-reel? <laughs> yes, when I had the reel-to-reel there and I was sitting on my uh, bearskin rug, <laughs> nude, drinking, uh, uh, trying to do my best Burt Reynolds, I... Probably, probably fucking Paul Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> that man is an animal. But, uh, you know, I... Is Harry? <laughs> yes, that's true. That could be the. I can't. I can't believe I've even seen a Photoshop version of Burt Reynolds on the bearskin rug with Paul Stanley's face. You got to get to work on that. Uh, you'll see it in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Are you the person uh, that's been doing those photoshops on our page or not? No, I've just been finding them on other groups, and I just think uh, I think they're funny. Well, they're really. Uh, uh, Rough photoshops. So yeah. I if somebody was just well, I kind of like the cheesier ones, too, the cheap-looking <laughs> ones. I, I'm impressed when someone can really nail it, but I think sometimes it's funnier if it does if it shitty. just looks like crap. <laughs> That's what I mean. Just a, just throwing the Star Child's head on top of Burt Reynolds on the bearskin rug is gold. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. So get on it. Um, All right. So yeah, we can run through this uh, train wreck of an album for me. Um, I get what he was going for. I get he was stretching his his bat wings and uh, you know trying to show his other sides, which he does have. But well, but, you know, uh, I think the interesting thing is that without trying, and it's almost like reading his book. And actually, I can say the same about a couple of other guys. They, without even realizing it, they expose exactly who they are. And this record is very much who Gene is. I don't think he gets enough credit for his singing or his songwriting or his musicianship. I think he's very credible in all those categories, if not, you know, you know, high level. But he is also more enamored with fame than anybody probably who's ever been as famous as he is. Yes. And this record is just all over. It stylistically jumps everywhere, and he has so many celebrities on it, and it's just. It turns into a bit of a shit show, but I do like it. See, that's that's this is where I I say yes and no on what you're talking about. There's a lot of great potential with a lot of these songs on here. The thing that blows my mind though is when you look at who played on this album, and I hear nothing of them for the most. Oh, part. I know. Like like there's like 50 people on there from Bob Seger to fucking Joe Perry. I think I can hear him on Radioactive. I think that's the song he's on. But it's it's a little Rick bit. Rick Nielsen's on there and Cher. They got the um, uh, the Beatles tribute band because yeah, he couldn't yeah, get the Beatles on the 
always near you, nowhere to hide. They have all these things. You got fucking share getting banged at a Holiday Inn. You got that Jeff Skunk Baxter uh, from uh, he was the Doobie Brothers, but he's also basically played in. He's just a a, a very pro. God, what am I saying? Prolific. He's very he's a prolific studio musician. The point being is he has these people that that if I doubt they work for free. So that's, mm-hmm. that's my point to begin with. And there's read kiss and sell by Chris Lent available in paperback. Yeah. So the, the, the whole thing is, is that, and I remember reading that too, where they were saying like, you know, I'm sure these people are brought in, like, this is all we got to work with, or, you know, these professional musicians or, or, or whatever. But point being is they put all, you put all this in the stew and all it sounds like is studio musicians that are playing on these. That, that I'm mm-hmm. saying nothing about the songs yet. It's just the fact that there's nothing on here. If you wouldn't, if, if you weren't told who was on here, would you know any of these people were on this? You can hear Bob Seger singing and Cher's voice. What song is you he know? on, Bob Seger? Um, See You in Your Dreams. Actually, on, on Wikipedia it says Radioactive and Living in Sin. But that well, he's probably on those too, but you can okay. hear him singing on... Uh, he's like, what now? But, um... Yeah. Oh, okay. maybe I'm thinking of... Ah, shit, you know what? Don't... I oh, might be confusing myself. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's my point, though. Is but but you can definitely hear him and his voice singing. I'm just having a hard time placing the song now. All right. So, kick it off. The but album. to your point, yeah. Um, anyway, all right. Well, the first track is radioactive. Uh, I've heard people kind of shred the intro to this. I I've always liked I, the intro. I like the I intro almost more than the whole song. Well, the song is great. The song is okay. Um, no, it's 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 elite. It's it's easily the best thing on the record, um, but it, it, that intro is so fucking cool. And I remember when I heard it for the first time, how fucking scary it was. You know, like I was seven years old, and like this is you know I know who Gene Simmons is. You know, I've seen what he looks like, and this is fucked up, man. So yeah, I loved it. I, I still dig it. Um, this one is on my list of songs to think about. I don't know that you can carry over that intro. Um, we can touch on that when we if we. I think I think you it. can. I don't think how that's any different than the Detroit Rock City intro or anything like that. Like if you're going to have that as a side two opener or something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't think you can do an intro like that as a on a ten song record if it's on the second half. But I don't know. All right. It fine. really only works as a lead song. Otherwise, but the song itself could be used, you know, without the intro. But yeah, we'll get there. You're my food. You're my water. You got to be the devil's daughter. It's it's a cool. It's a good song. It's just um, and it's definitely the most quote Gene song or whatever you want to say. But yeah, it's it, it's a contender. But there's just just even that one. There was kind of you could sense a little bit. The, the song's a little bit of disco-y even before Dynasty. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You know that that and then leading into burning up. I don't know, fever. but when that, that when that guitar kicks in,
find that there's something about the bass, or there's just something that's a little more glossy. I'm not saying I'm not knocking. Open it. your mind, saying, man. I am. Okay. It's open, dude. I'm just saying, radioactive could have been on Dynasty. Yeah, I agree. Okay, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Production wise, continue. And he was he was probably hanging out at discos a lot back then. Yes, you know. Was. Fucking share in the bathroom or something. <laughs> um, well, next uh, the next song on here is "Burning Up with Fever," which uh, I like. I, I, I'm keeping it as a contender, but it it would have to be kissified a bit. This is a fairly stripped down sounding song. You know what I mean? It, it, the guitars aren't very distorted, and it's right. it, it, it's it's just not as heavy as it could be. And which is fine. I think it's what he was going for on here. I'm just saying to make this onto a Kiss record, one of the stipulations has to be you got to beef up the guitars and and you know really really growl it up, Demon. Well, you talking about Radioactive or Burning Up with Fever? Burning Up with Fever. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought you were talking about, and and this is just a swing and a miss for me. It I don't this doesn't do anything for me. But regardless, it's not Kiss album or not. It's just kind of there. This is the Donna okay. Summer. This is the one with Donna Summer on it, right? Yep. Yeah. Any other things you want to do? I mean, counter counterpoint. No, I mean I don't think it's the strongest song in the world. I, I I'm keeping it um, as an option. I wouldn't say it's a it's a likely candidate, but uh, I also don't want to tip my hand if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but no, I I do actually think it's a good song. I I, I think it's well written. Um, I, it just has to be rocked up if it goes on a Kiss record. Hey man, we're not gonna be able to fit all this in in one episode. There's just too much gold. Plus, I think my cat's plotting to kill me right now. <laughs> um, anyway, so if we could uh, wrap this up and touch, we'll come back to it and we'll do the second half and now uh, just kind of get back into the the Gene record here a little more. I think you're I think you're right. So yeah, let's just let's just stop right now and then we'll come back and finish going through the demos from Gene and Ace and come up with the ultimate Kiss album in 1978 what do you say thunder island (laughs) (laughs) all right bucko all right man Special presentation of Pods and Sods breaking down the classic Move On. I didn't want people to, to get the idea I was trying to show I've matured. Pods and Sods. Get up! Who got caught? Pods and Sods. Get down! You can't stop the music, you bastards! I wasn't really the spaceman. Yo, ding dong, man. Ding dong, ding dong, yo. Pods and Sods, a podcast for the musically obsessed, featuring your hosts, Craig Smith and Eric Miller. All that media stuff is very relevant. There's more love there than anything else. Kiss me. Why stop being a fan? Pods and Sods. Get up! Who got caught? Pods and Sods. Good evening and welcome to Pods and Sods. I'm Craig Smith. I'm Eric Miller. And welcome to our next installment in Analyze Kiss. This is where, uh, well, why don't you, why don't you. uh, This is, as we phrased it earlier, this is where we 
um, enjoy Kiss lyrics to a granular level. Totally. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, we all know that, you know, the Kiss, uh, you know, are, are brilliant poets. Oh, without question. So we like to, you know, from time to time celebrate their brilliance. Okay. You know, as someone would like study, you know, um, E. e. Cummings or <laughs> we like to study, you know, um, S. Eisen. Right. From here in the, you right. know. Or C. Wits. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. If After a few beers, sometimes Kiss lyrics unlock themselves to you, right? <laughs> That's a good way to say it's, it. Uh, it's the kind of thing where uh, the, the possibilities are endless and the, the interpretations always giving. Right. Once you've had a few. Right. Right. Um, uh, you can you can solve the mystery of any Kiss song with the possible exclusion of anything from music from the Elder. Right. Those we won't touch because they're they're timeless. Right. But a song but like the rest of them uh, have been around, but are young and clean. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. So tonight's choice, Craig. Tonight's choice would be a song from Paul Stanley's 1978 self-titled solo album. A song called Move On. Move On. Coincidentally, the song that uh, was chosen to be performed in 1979 when Kiss each did a solo song uh, on the Dynasty Tour. Right. And uh, I believe that this would be dropped for something else later, if I'm not mistaken. But this was the one from his uh, his album that he uh, hoisted upon uh, right. the disco crowd. And this is written just by Paul? And Michael Jap. Okay. I believe it's Michael. Mikel. Michael. I've always wondered that. Hmm. If I may. Please. We start with verse one. Actually, we start with a a little bit of pre-cum. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think we've now found a a new phrase for anything that comes before the first verse in a Kiss song. Wow. Thank you. When I was just a baby, mama sat me on her knee. Right. Yes. Are you picturing like a, a toddler with a star on his eye? Yeah, a little Jean baby with like, you know, makeup and... Jean? Uh, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, little Paul baby with a little makeup on and... Mm-hmm. Um, and lipstick. I, you know what? I, as you said that, I was imagining my handcrafted Jean baby. That's why I went to Jean baby. Which was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you. listen to our first episode for, for details on that. It was brilliant. She told me, boy, you listen, there's a lot you ought to see. Right. So, um, you know, Paul is doing a really good job of painting the picture of a tender moment between his mother and, you know, little toddler Paul. Baby would be what age? There's a difference between a baby and a toddler, right? Right. Um, He's probably two. Okay. Is that still a baby? I guess t- I baby. Think choose a toddler. Right, so maybe he's like a year old. You didn't say when I was just a toddler. True. Let's say he's a year old. Okay. A lot of pretty women gonna try and tie you down. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing if you never look around. Right. I remember when my mom sat me on her knee at the tender age of one. How many? And said, 
and said, Eric, you know, you should just like go fuck a lot of women. Do, do you like, uh, <laughs> like, don't let one tie you down? I mean, is this a conversation that a mother has with a child at any age, really? <laughs> That's right. Other than when they marry somebody that maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah, maybe. Unless That's when you get the speech. Maybe you should go play the field a little bit. Right. And maybe you made the wrong decision. Somebody right? from somebody specifically, right? All right. I'll, 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 you know. Okay. And, you know, I'm going to, um, I think at this point, if Mrs. Eisen were really doing that, um, child protective services would be called in. <laughs> First of all, why does your child have a star over his eye? <laughs> right. And why is he wearing bright red lipstick and a silver garter <laughs> on. Uh, uh, skin tight, skin tight black onesie <laughs> with a lot, of, with a lot of baby chests showing. <laughs> Big fucking fur coat. Got a fucking peacock. Peacock eyes. <laughs> get to the chorus yet and that you know makes you wonder like Ugh. um you know makes you wonder <laughs> <laughs> like you know when paul was raising his children yes. you know did he do the same thing like at one years old he said on his knee and said you know, there's a lot of pretty women gonna try and tie down right this is where we play like the circle of life <laughs> uh. <clears throat> yeah so um Moving, moving on. Yeah, so we move to the chorus. Move on. That's what she told me. Move on. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right. Move on. Woo oh. <laughs> move on. I'm leaving on my way. Right. Where the fuck's he going at the age of one? Well, now he's uh, he's explaining this to a woman as he's trying to make his getaway. So he's giving the backstory like, hey, baby, when I, it's, here's the story. This is oh, why I didn't read ahead. So, so this is essentially him telling the story of He's now moving on. Yes, now he's moving on. The first thing is backstory. It's, you know, it's the prologue to what's happening now. Okay. And, and the now is, you know, I got to move on. Mm, yeah. All right. Right. Kind of love them, leave them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was the times. Uh, we've moved to verse two. Told you that forever was a word I couldn't say. Until 1990. I... <laughs> <laughs> Although plus he just said it. Right. When you say it's you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's a horribly crafted sentence. Right. I don't know about tomorrow cuz I'm living for today. Right. He doesn't know about tomorrow and tonight. Tomorrow the song tomorrow. will be featured on Unmasked in two right. years. Okay. Mhm. All right. You're every inch a lady. Is it? Didn't he use every inch in a previous song? It does sound familiar. Like your <clears throat> dancer or a man or man or Capricorn. She's a it's come on and love me. Oh, right. You're looking every inch a lady or right. something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. 
Uh, and in this one, you're every inch of late. So essentially a callback right? to Dress to Kill. That's impressive, actually. Yeah. Impressive or lazy? I hadn't picked that up. That's a good, it's a good uh, turn of phrase. All right. Every inch a lady. All right. You're every inch a lady and you'll always have my love. You listen. Except for right now because I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. You listen. You can hear her voice is calling from above. Right. Now, um, I'm pretty sure at this point that Mrs. Eisen had not passed. So he's lying to her first off about his dead mother. So he can get away from a one-night stand. Okay. Come on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Come on, Paul. We're back to the chorus. With with some slightly different ad-libs this time. Move on. That's what she told me. Move on. Keep on moving. Mm, right. So a little bit of soul to soul. Not only am I going to leave you, I'm going to leave the next one. Mm. Then, of course, you have the bridge. Right. Time is at hand. The day is upon us. There's no need to say goodbye. You don't understand. But, babe, I don't want you to cry. The time is at hand. The day is upon us. There's no need to say goodbye. Hmm. Until the end of this record. Well, (laughs) but I don't understand. Why is there no need to say goodbye? He is is telling her goodbye, no? Exactly. Uh, He's saying there's no need to say goodbye, which implies like... I'm going to stay. We don't need to part. Well, yeah, that's what the whole song is about. I got to get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah. So, so this line makes no sense because my fictitious dead mother told me that I should go just sleep around. Right. Right. You don't understand, but babe, I don't want you to cry. So is it, is it, he sees this woman shedding a tear and all of a sudden he's becoming Mr. Softy about this whole thing. Like, I don't understand. Not at all. Um, you don't, first off, nobody likes to be told like, you don't understand. You know, that's basically calling somebody dumb. Right. And he's not saying, let me hear your side of he's saying, you don't understand. I just don't want you to cry. Like, I so gotta, that's how it's, it's I got to get out of here. Don't cry. Like, don't make this right. worse for you because it's not changing anything. All right. You know, I just got to get out of here. Understood. <laughs> this he, he wants this to hit home so much that after the guitar solo, there's no next verse. He goes right into this bridge again. Hmm. He's reiterating this point. Yeah, the time is at hand. The day is upon us. Jesus right. Christ. So it's there's like, no I, need to say goodbye. I can't wait. The time is at hand. The day it's morning. The day is upon us. Like what we did last it night. It has been 45 seconds done. since the first bridge and the time is still at hand. <laughs> right. I got to say this shit again. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, and then, of course, you 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 move you move out on the chorus again, which is uh, move on. Uh, with with a smattering of ad libs, you have a mm, yeah, you have a woo oh oh oh, 
which would later be used in the beginning of Heavens on Fire. You have uh, you you got to move on, which you know now he's putting it on her. You know that's like a last ditch resort. Like at the end on the fade out, what he's doing these is mm-hmm. like, okay, if if you're not going to accept me moving on, then you've got to move on, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever it takes. Yeah, Mister Stanley. I mean, you come across this a lot in the Kiss catalog, right? A lot of contradiction, mm. a lot of. Um... I mean, how would you sum it up? Like any any true art, uh, there's enough uh, gaps between the work that it's up to the uh, reader, yeah, or the listener okay. to to find their own, yeah, how it speaks to them. All right, you know, like any painting, you know, you just gaze at it for hours in a museum, and right. you know, come back the next week and you see something different. Yeah, you know, I would I would compare Paul Stanley's move on in the very same way. <laughs> to any p- painting in particular or <clears throat> Starry yeah. Night? Just any art. That's the definition of art oh, okay. that is it continues to speak to you. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that uh, uh, all these years you've been able to find more things that this song can speak to you about. <laughs> Friends, do you have something that you uh, would like to say about the lyrics to, I, to move on? You know what? It would be awesome if we what? could do like... Um, like a hidden camera where, like, we actually say real kiss lyrics to like real life women, <laughs> do like hidden camera style. And so many times after like so many one night stands, I said, you know, my dead mother told me that I gotta go bang some other chick. I'm right. sorry, you know. I mean, that's what you do, right? Well, what else do you say? <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of lessons learned from Kiss, <laughs> right? And uh, these are lessons that I started to pick up at the age of five. You were already. What, like 16 or so? Yeah. When you got into Kiss? 17, 18, yep. Like, imagine how I feel. Like, I was at the age of five, and uh, every girl I met who was named Lucille, I thought was supposed to grab onto my rocket. Right. <laughs> Friends. Uh, well, you know what? Before we do that, just <laughs> yes. to, just as a disclaimer, you know, with Kiss, as with Kiss lyrics, I said it before, I'll say it again. It is miraculous that we know how to... Uh, Speak to women with emotional intelligence. Time is at hand. The day is upon us. There's no need to say goodbye. You don't understand. But babe, I don't want you to Pods and Sods, I'm Craig Smith. I'm Eric Miller. Catch you next time. Pods and Sods. Who got cool? Pods and Sods. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? 
well that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.